What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Friday, so time to go game by game, talk about the wide receivers I'd be starting and sitting this week. We do have some injury question marks at wide receiver, and there is always a chance. So we get some late week downgrades, so if anything happens, you need an updated take, you can always see my most up-to-date rankings and projections on my website, thefencefootballadvice.com. So, let's get things started off with the London game, again this week, 9.30 Eastern, kickoff giants at packers but again it's london they're both on the road 41 point total eight point favorites are the packers please 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 don't do the same thing that many people did with alvin kamara last week check it is possible that we think we know everything going into this game but then someone is a surprise inactive if you don't think you're gonna wake up in time set your alarm again 9 30 eastern 6 30 pacific kickoff for the giants who knows uh, as of recording this, we've got Wandale and Tony getting limited practices on Wednesday. I don't know what their status is on Thursday. That'll probably come out in the afternoon. I record these noon the day before. I don't think it's hugely relevant. I would say if you're in like an 8, 10, 12 team league, you can probably just avoid the Giants pass catchers. The hope long term is that we can start Wandale every week. Maybe Tony breaks out. We can start him. But in either of their first weeks back, tough spot against the Packers, probably not going to score that many points, so the touchdown upside is a little capped. Like, I would say you're probably just reserving any of them for deeper formats, and there's still a chance that neither one of them plays. And then we're just getting low-end plays of Richie James, if he's even active. Like, it's just not a great situation. Um, if you are desperate in like a 14 or 16-team league, and it's like only Tony's active, only Wandell's active, you know, maybe they get enough uh, usage, enough looks to where you can start them, but it's their first week back from injury. We're still not like overly confident in this offense. And so I would say for the most part, probably just avoid for them. Uh, for the Packers, if Dobbs has a breakout game this week, then, or at least like another good game, really, not even true breakout, just like if he has, you know, six for 16 a touchdown this week, I think we can just basically start him every week and say, He's on the Packers, he's playing every snap, he's a good wide receiver, Rodgers trusts him, play him. Like, it would be that easy of thinking, we don't care what the matchup is. As it stands right now, he's my wide receiver 25, Lazard is my wide receiver 30, and I'd feel pretty solid about either one of them, either as like a lower end two, uh, maybe like a really good flex play, or like a fantastic second flex play. I do want to note the game script though, um, because even though you know the matchup doesn't scare us, these two are playing every snap. Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback, they're going to be very efficient. There is a chance that you know, especially if Tony's out, Wandell's out, heck, Richie, Richie James could be out. Like if all these players are inactive, we could see the Giants score nine points. The Packers be up twenty at half, play super slow, run the ball a ton. And to which point we'd see like six or seven targets each for Lazard and Dobbs. Both of them would be efficient. They'd have like five, six receptions on those, but they'd have to be very efficient to be like really, really good plays. So we could see both of them be like solid plays, but not truly break out just because of the overall game environment. Like if we thought, you know, the Giants could really keep up, this would be a smash spot. They're not going to. And so again, low end twos to flex plays for each. Chargers at Browns is up next, 47.5 point total, Chargers 2.5 point road favorites. For the Chargers, I 
doubt Keenan Allen plays this week. I suppose if he is active, we should just assume that he is fine. They are not going to rush him back. They're not going to activate him when he's not good to go. So whenever he returns, you can play him. Again, he suffered the setback last Thursday. Hasn't practiced since then. I, I just don't think he's going to be playing. If he is out, you're starting Mike Williams as like a very high upside wide receiver too. And then Palmer would be like fine in the flex of deeper formats, but relatively unnecessary, I think, for, for most of you in like 8, 10, and 12 team leagues. I'd say starting in 14 teams, he'd start being a good play. If Allen is able to return, then I think you're starting him again. You're starting Williams. I would say now we're kind of at the point where Palmer is just not really someone you want to play. But again, I think Allen will be out. So start Mike Williams regardless. For the Browns, the only one you're really considering is Amari Cooper. He's had two elite games sandwiched in between two very bad games. Uh, overall, he has a 25% target share on the season. He has 11.4 yards per reception. This week, I bumped that up. I gave him a 27% target share to kind of, I don't know, give him a little bit of a boost because he do has does have like two like pretty bad games that are kind of bringing that down. So a boost up, 2% target share. I boosted him up to 12 yards per reception. So I have him being better than he has been on average this season. Even doing that, given the game environment, given the offense, he still only grades out as a wide receiver 35. So I'm just considering him an upside flex play. He's someone that if you're deciding between him and someone else, well, it's Amari Cooper. He could easily have, I don't want to say easily, but he's a type of player who could have eight for 110 and a touchdown. Some players don't really have that in the range of outcomes. And so if you need the ceiling and you're okay, knowing that he could also have two receptions for 11 yards and zero touchdowns, like he's got a very low floor. If you're chasing that ceiling, maybe you're, you know, the underdog this week, you need that upside. I would say he's a good play. If you are a clear favorite, you're like, there's no way I lose this week. Well, one way you could lose is if you play Amari Cooper and he has one point. So if you need the points, I would say he's not as good of a play. Bears at Vikings. Up next, 44-point total. Vikings, one touchdown, home favorites. For the Bears, uh, Justin Fields is all the way up to 34 completions through four weeks, which is five fewer completions than Tom Brady had last week alone. That is not enough volume for any of these pass catchers to be players we are starting. For the Vikings, always start Jefferson. Thielen has actually been better recently. He's commanded 17 targets over the last two weeks. He's posted stat lines of 6 for 61 to score, 8 for 72, and no touchdown. And he's now up to a 19% target share on the season. Uh, he's playing every snap. He's caught 75% of his targets. Like He's playing a lot better than he did to start off. If that usage holds and he kind of performs rest of season like he did in the last two weeks, then he's going to be a consistent weekly starting option for us. I'm not 100% sold that's going to happen, and this is a potential low-volume game. I know that the Bears are terrible, and so there's always a chance when you play the Bears that they just go three and out for like four consecutive drives, and you get all the plays in the world, but there is still a chance that what if the Bears are at least somewhat efficient on offense? They run the ball every play that's draining the clock. Like You could have the Bears have an eight-minute touchdown drive or an eight-minute field goal drive and that really just kills the total plays for the opposing team so i'm treating Thielen as like a low floor flex play this week with the hopes that he has a good game he can continue that production from the last two weeks and that we can feel more confident in him in future weeks 
Titans at Commanders is up next. This game has a low 42.5 point total. Titans 2.5 point road favorites. For the Titans, Traylon Burks is likely out a few weeks. I think he's definitely going to miss this week, which should make Robert Woods the focal point of the offense. This is a very run-heavy team, though. And so even projecting Robert Woods for a 25% target share, for a 65% catch rate, like really good numbers on most offenses, that is a clear must-start. It only grades out as a wide receiver 39 for me right now, again, just because of how much they're going to run the ball, how few plays they're going to have. Uh, he is, I would say, a really good second flex play in deeper formats, like in your second flex spot, maybe in a competitive 12-team league. But as you move into 14, 16-team leagues, he's a much better play. If you're in a 10-team league with one flex spot, I think he's a bit of a thin play. They're 30th in pass attempts per game with only 26, so even if you're giving him, you know, a good chunk of those targets, that's still not that many because they're not going to throw the ball all that much and they're favorites, right? This is assuming like, you know, they're at 26 pass attempts per game and they've lost. You like, what if they win? You know, like there could be a potential here that they throw the ball 20 times. And even if he has 50% of the targets, which is not going to happen, but even going that high, that in itself is still only 10. You can have six for 60. Like a 50% target share could turn into six for 60 this week. So don't think that he's the only guy. He has to go off. He can still have a low volume game. For the commanders, Dotson is likely going to miss, I would say, like a week or two, uh, leaving the targets even more condensed. They were already condensed, but now condensed on McLaurin and Curtis Samuel with obviously the running backs as well. The commanders rank third with 43 pass attempts per game and are the team projected to be trailing at home this week. McLaurin is a rock-solid wide receiver too. And then Curtis Samuel can be played as either like a low-end two or a really, really good flex option. Obviously, Curtis Samuel, as we all know, is better in full PPR formats because we know the receptions will be there. Uh, yardage will be a little bit lower. Touchdown upside on average should be a little bit lower. Uh, but if yeah, if you're in a full PPR format, he's a really, really good flex play this week. You just know for a fact the targets are going to be there. And I would say even in half PPR, he, he's a really, really solid play. Texans at Jaguars is up next. This game has a 43.5 point total. Jaguars seven point home favorites. For the Texans, it's Brandon Cooks or bust. Uh, Nico Collins has actually not been playing terrible. He's been playing pretty solid, basically kind of what we thought he would do this season, getting a little bit unlucky with touchdowns, but like, you know, he's been solid. Uh, it's just not really enough volume on the offense for them to support that second wide receiver right now. As for Cooks, I think he's like a, a high upside wide receiver too. Though I do think his chances of hitting his ceiling this season is a good amount lower than it was in previous years. He's still the focal point of the offense. He's still getting a lot of targets. It's just that like the offense isn't great. And even though the targets are there, he's not spiking for as many as he has in the past. And each target is a little bit like less efficient, a little bit less valuable. So I still think I'm comfortable playing him as a wide receiver too in the flex. Like he's a good play with ceiling. It's just like his true ceiling of like, you know, eight for 120 and two scores. That's less likely to happen this season than it has been in previous years. For the Jaguars, Houston is playing fast, and they're also a below-average offense. And that combination leads to a lot of plays for the opposing teams. They've allowed 71 plays per game, second most in the NFL. You combine that with the fact that the Jaguars 
have run a ton of plays in all of their non-Eagles games. Like last week was the first game where the Jaguars did not run a ton of plays. It was rain. There was wind like against the Eagles on the road. Like it was a terrible combination. Four fumbles by their quarterback that just stalled drives. And they still ran 46 plays. Honestly, if you told me that was going to happen, I think they'd be in the 30s. They could run 70, 75 plays this week. And so it is a spot where we could see heavy, heavy volume on the Jaguar side. I think you're absolutely starting Christian Kirk. I know the Texans have a stronger defense than most think, but you're starting Christian Kirk. I think Zay Jones can be started if he's active. We'll see if he's able to return. Uh, but I would say more deep early. Again, for those of you in 10, 12 team leagues, only one flex spot, they probably don't need to go to Zay Jones. As you expand beyond that, again, if, if they have 70, 75 plays, Zay Jones could still have a good game. And I don't think you're playing Marvin Jones. Next up, Seahawks at Saints, 46 point total, five and a half point home favorites for the Saints. For Seattle, I think you're just starting Metcalf. You're starting Lockett at this point. It's certainly possible that one or both of them bust in really any matchup. This is still Geno Smith um, for as great as he has been, like, Great is the correct word there. He's been phenomenal. It is Geno Smith. We don't have like a super long track record of his success. Defenses could still kind of start to figure him out and shut them down. But I think you just keep riding Geno right now. They're both getting, you know, north of 26% target shares. They're both great talents in their own right. It's just likely that both of them are going to have really rock-solid floors. And we saw the ceiling last week. They're not going to score 48 points per game. They're not going to be able to play you know, the Lions every week. But they're still getting enough volume to where I think you want to be starting both these players. For the Saints, everything depends on injuries. It seems like Kamara is going to play, so that's a positive. But is Winston going to play? Is Michael Thomas going to play? Like... All these players are questionable, and Kamara technically still is questionable, but it really does seem like he's going to play. So success of the offense does, you know, depend on who's their quarterback, you know, what are their pass catchers like. I would say regardless of what happens, you're playing Olave. I don't think it matters who's playing, who's quarterback, just play Olave. And I would say the ceiling of everyone goes up, and the floor honestly increases as well if Winston can play. But I think as long as, you know, Kamara's out there, you're playing him. As long as Michael Thomas is out there, I think you're playing him as well. Uh, this game has a relatively high total. Uh, the Seahawks' pass defense is last in DVOA and second to last in yards per pass attempt allowed. Like, they're a very, very bad pass defense. And so, I just think whoever the starters are, play them. I will say, if Michael Thomas is out and you've got, like, Landry, uh, Traquan Smith, Callaway all kind of rotating in behind Olave. Landry and Callaway can be interesting in deeper formats, but I would say, again, for the 98% of you who are in 8, 10, 12 team leagues with, you know, maximum of two flex spots, it probably stops at Olave if Michael Thomas is out as you expand into like three flex spots in 14 team leagues. We start looking at Landry and Callaway, uh, but I don't think they're strong enough plays to be worth the start. Um, just like in the spot. Next up, Falcons at Bucks, 47 and a half point total. Bucks, nine point home favorites. The Falcons, they love to run the ball. Uh, and they've actually been really successful at doing that. We'll see what happens this week against the Bucks, but they've been good running the ball. Uh, fantastic on play action. So for as much as we hate them for not using pits enough, uh, they've at least been better than we thought they would be so far this season. They would obviously be better if they were using their most dynamic playmaker 
but at least they've been okay, right? They haven't been at like 10 points per game and we're screaming at them to use Pitts. Like they've still been solid. They just would be better if they were using him. That being said, Patterson is out. They are nine point road underdogs. You can only establish the run so much before you're forced to throw. Tampa Bay is going to score quickly. They're going to score a lot of points this week. They're going to look good. That's just going to happen. It's very unlikely that the Bucs do not score this week. And so the Falcons are going to be forced to throw the ball. They're going to be forced to play from behind. They simply cannot run the ball with Tyler Algier every play when they're down 25 points. Like, they just can't do that. And so I think Drake London has monster upside this week. He's a fantastic play as a wide receiver, too. Projection systems aren't going to love him just because it is not a pass-first offense, but projection systems aren't always going to take into account what could happen. There's a good outcome here, a good like percent outcome that Tampa Bay gets up early, that the Falcons can't really run the ball as effectively as they want to, and they're forced to, in quarter two, start throwing a lot more than they want to. And if that happens, we're going to blow way past any like passing projection that the Falcons have. As for Pitts, I know this is a wide receiver video, but I'll give a Pitts take here. Assuming he's fine uh, and the hamstring injury doesn't like hold him out this week, I think you give him one more week as like a must start. Patterson's out. Like I said, they're going to have to throw the ball. This sets up well for them to attack deep downfield, which is what Pitts is doing. That's like he's operating as their deep threat. If Pitts is fine and he can't get it done under these conditions, then I think we start saying, okay, who else do you have? Who's on free agency? He's a low-end one. Obviously, he's going to have monster upside in any matchup, but I think if he can't do it this week, we really start to consider it. But like, you're starting, let's say, Kelsey and Andrews, obviously, over Pitts. I think you're starting Hawkinson. I think you're starting Higby over him. I think it's close between like Waller, Everett and Pitts kind of in that like next tier after that. And so if you really want, like if you have one of them, you probably don't have Waller. But if you have Everett, I think you can consider Everett if Keenan Allen is out over Pitts. But aside from that group of players, I think you just, again, assuming he's good to go, he's not like out for this like hamstring injury. It's a good enough spot where I think you, you got to give him one more chance and play him. For the Bucks, start Godwin. Start Evans, again, smash spot. Both of them are going to do great. Like The, the Bucks are going to go off in this game. Everyone has a high floor and high ceiling. You want to start all of them. You don't need to start like Julio Gage, though. Dolphins at Jets is up next. 45.5 point total. Dolphins, three-point road favorites. For the Dolphins, two is out, obviously, with concussion. And so we've got Teddy backing him up. Teddy's a competent backup. Most teams you know, have pretty terrible backup quarterback play. And so they should be lucky that they at least have Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so it's not like the offense is going to like you know completely fall apart. The Jets rank 29th in pass defense DVOA, 30th in yards for pass attempt allowed. I just think like Tyree Kill, Waddle, you know they're not both going to go off for 150 yards and a score every week, but each of them has an elite ceiling. I can't imagine that you're benching either of them, even with Teddy at quarterback. I think you got to play both. For the Jets, I feel like I would prefer to keep both Wilson and Elijah Moore on benches this week. I really do think Elijah Moore is going to break out at some point, but I just don't think this is the week against Miami where he's going to do so. Uh, neither one of them projects as like a top 35 option, which is really what you look for for like flex consideration. And the game itself is relatively unlikely to like truly pop off just given the quarterback play. And so 
A true ceiling game from the Jets wide receivers probably is not going to happen this week. Again, I think both are long-term holds. Both are great talents. I think that both of them honestly could be considered by lows right now. Uh, I just wouldn't play either of them this week. Next up, we've got Steelers at Bills. 46.5 point total. Bills, 14 point home favorites. For the Steelers, Kenny Pickett has finally taken over. So the upside for everyone has now increased. The problem is that they are 14 point road underdogs in Buffalo this week. That is one of the worst spots you can even think of and it makes everyone relatively unappealing i think pickens could like legitimately be their best wide receiver from this point on like most fantasy relevant just their go-to uh top receiver but i recognize that deontay johnson is still a target hog and that claypool isn't just like going away and so this offense given that it's like relatively unlikely to be high volume, to be highly efficient this week. They still have a number of players getting the ball. I just think it's largely a stay away for me. For the Bills, Crowder's out. Uh, McKenzie's probably not going to play with concussion. Kumaro feels unlikely to play. Like one of them could play, but most likely is they're all going to be out. If all of them miss, you could honestly use Shakir in like deep formats, maybe 14, 16 team leagues, uh, especially if multiple flex spots like he would have to play, probably have a high snap share, and probably be pretty good. He's a good player. But I would say it's more just that like Diggs will smash and that uh, Gabriel Davis is going to be great. I still think that like I know Davis has been disappointing. He is the number one buy low in all fantasy right now. He is absolutely going to bounce back soon. I don't know if it's going to happen this week because it still depends on his ankle. Once he's 100%, he's going to be great again. He's just not 100% right now because of the ankle injury. He practiced in full on Wednesday. We'll see what he does Thursday, Friday. If we get full practices Thursday, Friday, though, and he's 100% going into Sunday, and they have all their wide receivers out besides him, Diggs, and Shakir, I mean, the target share is going to go up. The touchdown upside is going to go up. He's going to be a really, really good play. I think both Diggs and Davis are must-starts this week. Lions at Patriots. Up next, 45.5-point total. Patriots, three-point home favorites. For the Lions... I would imagine both Swift and St. Brown are out again this week. They're going by in week six. It makes no sense to bring them back early. They'll come back in week seven. Chark, still a question mark. Maybe they hold him out as well, though he was closer to playing last week, so maybe he plays. Final rankings depend on Chark, but realistically, uh, it's a much worse spot than last week. We went over how Seattle is a fantastic opponent to play for passing offenses they just cannot stop the passing game it is a little bit different playing at new england especially in a game where new england is going to run the ball every play it's going to potentially limit the total volume for the lions if they're also less efficient it's probably just a stay away spot for all of them for new england like i said dream matchup they love to run the ball in their world like if they could run the ball 60 percent of plays every week they would do so they don't have a good enough offense yet to do that and they probably won't all season but especially with either a banged up mac jones or backup quarterback play you know in the number one matchup for running backs they're going to run the ball as much as they possibly can we could see uh stevenson and harris both go over 100 yards like they're gonna run the ball so much we could see literally if they get up and they can maintain a lead and be successful on the ground we could see like 70 percent pass plays with only play action based off of that and they'll probably be efficient on the play action so I don't think you're playing any Patriots wide receivers because of that. If Myers plays, he'd be the one you'd want. I hope they just hold Myers out, go with the ground game, try to be efficient in the passing game, try to sneak out a win, and just get Myers 100% for next week. But again, I don't think you're starting any Patriots wide receivers. 
Four o'clock games take off. 49ers at Panthers. Lowest total in the week, 39 points. 49ers, six and a half point road favorites. The 49ers. Debo must start every week. Got to play him. Ayuk. He's on the fringes this week. Uh, his target share is actually pretty high, but, and it's especially high because Kittle is just a blocker at this point. Kittle doesn't even like run routes. Kittle doesn't have any target share. Like it is basically only Debo and Ayuk in the passing game with a little bit of Juwan Johnson thrown in. However, San Fran's only running 59 and a half plays per game. They rank 28th in pass attempts per game. They should win easy this week. And so there's no reason for them to be aggressive in the passing attack. There's no reason for them to go pass heavy. Like the bright spot is that the Panthers are allowing the third most plays against because their offense is so bad that they keep going three and out, four and out and giving the ball right back to opposing offenses. So maybe we see a few extra plays on the San Fran side, but that probably just goes to the ground game. And so you're probably honestly benching Ayuk this week. I don't see the volume being there. For the Panthers, it's DJ Moore bust. Uh, they made an effort last week to get him more involved, which was nice to see and somewhat successful. But he's still only caught 45% of his targets this season. There is no sign that Baker is going to stop being terrible. And so given that you know that's the case, plus the 49ers have an elite defense, and the Panthers side projects to score just over 16 points. Like they might only score one touchdown. You're probably benching all non-Christian McCaffrey Panthers players this week. Eagles at Cardinals is up next. 49 point total. Eagles five point road favorites. For the Eagles, always start AJ Brown. And I'm back to giving terrible advice on Devonta Smith. Uh, I have played Devonta Smith in weeks one and four, where he's a combined three receptions for 17 yards. I benched him in weeks two and three, where he's a combined 15 receptions for 249 yards and a touchdown. So this week, I'm playing him again, so expect another dud. Um, But here's where I'm at on him this week. Again, I'm always wrong, so you could probably just skip this part. But here's what I'm thinking. There is a chance that this game is like the best game environment of the week. I mean, the Eagles have still not been pushed in like a single game thus far. I know that uh, the Lions in week one technically pushed them in the second half, but that was really just the Lions happened to score a few points in like the fourth quarter, made the game look closer than it was. Like it was a blowout for most of that second half. And that's caused the Eagles to score 23 points per game in the first half of games and less than six points per game in the second half. No one's pushing them, but they're still a great offense. They They could drop 40 easily. They might this week. I know we said last week maybe they have to remain aggressive. They didn't, and it looked like they were going to have to. They were down 14-0 early on, but then they were just so good on offense and so good on defense, that, and it was like a terrible spot for like the weather, the Jaguars just weren't able to keep up. This week, we might have the Cardinals able to keep up. The line opened at 5.5. It's down to 5 points. We're only looking for a one-score game in the fourth quarter for them to remain aggressive. They finally, uh, talking about Arizona here, they finally have like a little bit more explosion added with Rondell Moore coming back. Obviously, they don't utilize him the greatest ways all the time, but they have explosive pieces. They have Marquise Brown. They have Rondell Moore. Kyler should be explosive on the ground, even though he doesn't run as much anymore. They have a chance this week. And if Arizona can keep pace a little bit, which is what Vegas is expecting to happen this week, then maybe... We get a second half. We're throwing the ball. We don't have to worry about a hurricane coming through this week. And so I'm thinking that if we can get a few big plays in this game, maybe A.J. Brown hits deep. Maybe Marquise Brown hits deep. This game can start being an aerial attack. It can start being back and forth. 
and a lot of people can hit their overs for the receiving game. So I'm big on this game. I think Devonta Smith is a key piece in that. If he hits deep, it kind of unlocks a lot of things. And so I will be playing him again. I've been wrong four straight weeks though. Uh, for And for Rondell Moore, I think you just bench him uh, this week. Um, and Marquise Brown start. Like I kind of just went over everyone there. Again, it's AJ Brown start, Devonta Smith start, Marquise Brown start. And then I think uh, Rondell, keep him on the bench until we kind of see it happen. Next game, Cowboys at Rams, 43-point total, Rams 5.5-point home favorites. For the Cowboys, start Lamb, bench everyone else, basically. Uh, this is a very difficult road matchup for them. Their implied team total is low. Uh, Lamb sees enough targets to overcome the potential low volume and the potential bad game environment, but no one else does, and so I bench all of them. For the Rams, obviously start Cooper Cup, and then everyone else can be benched. Uh, he is the entire offense, and Dallas has a good enough defense where I'm not expecting Allen Robinson to like all of a sudden break out. He's my wide receiver 57 rest of season, so for a good chunk of you, that means you can drop him. The Sunday night game will be Bengals at Ravens. This one has a 48.5 point total. Ravens, three point home favorites. For the Ravens, Bateman is working through a foot injury, so we'll see if he's able to play. If he's able to play, then it's like a really good spot against a Bengals defense that ranks fifth in yards per carry allowed, but only 26th in yards per pass attempt allowed. And actually, it's the same on the other side. We've got a Ravens defense that is first in yards per carry allowed, 32nd in yards per pass attempt allowed, and both teams rank inside the top 10 in pass rate over expectation. You're starting Chase, you're starting Higgins on the Bengals side. I think if Bateman plays, you're starting him. And if he sits, you can honestly start Duvernay in the flex as well. Monday night game is going to be Raiders at Chiefs, 51 point total, seven point home favorites for the Chiefs. On the Raiders' side, obviously start Devonta Adams, and then maybe Hunter Renfro. Uh, he practiced on Wednesday. We'll see if he's able to play this week. Uh, it's a concussion, though, and so nothing's really guaranteed as far as that's concerned. So really just check the rankings on that one. If he's out again, you'll have another week where it's like Matt Collins is a fine play, has upside, definitely not a must-start. And if Renfro's back, he'll be kind of in that flex consideration. For the Chiefs, Juju's the only one you can really consider, and I think... He's more than okay to play in the flex. Obviously, you know, he's a little bit less upside than we thought he'd have this season, but he's got a 19% target share on the season. He's catching 70% of his targets, and he's got a projection of 5 for 58 with like a 30 to 40% chance of scoring. I think in a full PPR format, he's better. I think there's definitely a possibility that you're able to play him in like a half PPR league and feel good about it. But I also think there's a very good chance that maybe you drafted a deep team, you've got a lot of wide receivers, that he kind of gets kicked out this week. And I would say, you know, any player getting like 5 for 60 with like an okay chance of scoring is a fine play in the flex, but definitely not a must start. So that'll do it for the week five wide receiver starts and sits. You can see my exact rankings if you have any other questions or if news drops that you are not expecting on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And there's also a link in the description box of this video that'll give you a full game-by-game -game breakdown that is 100% free. So it's on you if you don't feel like reading that. I'll be back tomorrow to go over my favorite plays this week. But then, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.